Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jenikin. Here we are, ready to finally talk about one of our favorite movies ever. I feel like this is five years in the making. We've been referencing this movie on Hollywood Crime Scene since the beginning of the show because... It's a part of our life. It's a part of our... Both Desi and I were obsessed with this movie and book when we were kids. Yeah. I I remember reading this book. I didn't read the book until after I saw the movie. I saw the movie when I was like eight years old for the first time, and I saw it like a hundred times after that. But then I didn't read the book until high school. Yeah. I was I read a lot of books as a kid and I remember getting this series and then there was another series that VC Andrews wrote with like another family like in West Virginia I think. <laughs> right. They were just right up my alley like she was iconic. I I never I rarely read the assigned reading in school cuz I was a really really poor student. But I do remember reading this book and it was obviously not assigned reading. No. <laughs> it, this was purely extracurricular. Now, we were discussing briefly at dinner tonight how the book is actually much darker and more fucked up than the movie. By a lot. And a lot. And it's a pretty dark movie. But the I was reading today on Wikipedia. I didn't do like a deep dive, but just like a cursory whatever, like reading about the production of this movie how the director of the film was actually really frustrated because when they did the test screenings, the test audience didn't like the incest that they originally had in the movie. What's wrong with them? <laughs> they did, they were turned off by that, and the director was really frustrated because they had to like cut all these like dark things that were originally in the book. And he's, he's like, that's why I took this project on. Yeah. I want some incest realness. I want incest. Even though like there's obviously incest themes in the movie, but it's not like it's it, not anywhere near. It's not like it is in the book. And so that was cut down. It was also cut to make it a PG thirteen movie. Right. Because it was originally going to be like R or like the material. It would have had to been. Wes Craven almost directed Flowers oh, in the shit. Attic. That would have been good. I would have loved to see that. I would yeah. love to see a really bloody, dark, gory, like gross, gross flowers in the attic. Right. Or just really horogothic, like yeah. more pushing that. Because it is, even though this is, I would put this in the category, like this is a horror movie. It's a horror gothic novel. I would right. love to see them pushing that more in terms of like just pushing the boundaries a little more. Right. I'm going to watch the new version in hopes that maybe they touch on that more, but who knows? Yeah, it was made for TV, so... But it's Lifetime. (laughs) Well, it's Lifetime, so you know it's going to be trashy good, but it's not going to be, like, explicit. I bet you it's a little more than this movie Really? I bet. That's not to say that I don't still love this movie and think that it's perfect in its own right. Totally. As 
for what it is. Let's just get right into it. So this Flowers in the Attic, the book came out in 1979, and the movie, which we'll be talking about today, came out in 1987. We open with a voiceover of Kathy, who presumably is, is an adult in this, yeah. in this voiceover, and it's this voiceover is over shots of grandmother's creepy stone mansion. Foxworth Hall. Foxworth Hall, that's what it's called. This is one of the scariest houses, I think, in my opinion, in a movie. I mean, it's very large and foreboding. And like, cold. Yeah. Like, there's no warmth in this house whatsoever. It's very drafty in there. It's constantly misty outside. I mean, all of these big houses are just ridiculous. Because, like, what do you do with all that space? Especially with this one, it's like two people live there and their help. Really the only interior we see during this opening monologue, voiceover monologue, is of the attic. We don't see too much, but we do pan onto a family portrait. Yes. And it's a very faded picture of this very blonde family. And then it goes like it kind of is saturated in color as we fade to happier times yes. in, in the recent past. We see the happy family. Dad's home. Dad's home. <laughs> they're so excited. These kids, this family, they're called the Dollingangers. Doll- yeah. Dollingers. The Dollingers. Yeah, Dollingers. That's the do- it's the Dollinger family in the book, but we don't hear their last name in the movie. But Also, in the book, I think it's like more... 60s or something. It's the but here 50s. It's, yeah, it's like here it's more... Contemporary. Contemporary, So yeah. it's the 80s. But they're still acting like kids from the 50s. They're really excited that daddy's home. Every single kid, even the two teenagers, it's two teenage kids and two young kids. It's Kathy and Christopher who are like 16, 17, or 15. They're actually younger in the book. I think you're right. Because I remember in the book a big theme was her... Going through puberty, kind of. Because like years pass in the book. In the book, years pass. In the movie, it's like six months maybe or something. Right. Yeah. So the four kids, Kathy, Christopher, and the two twins. Corey and Carrie. Corey Corey and Carrie. This is like the Kardashians, but with C's. Well, because the parents are also Corinne and Christopher. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's all, they all have C's. Yeah. Like they did it before the Kardashians did. Absolutely. Um, they all embrace, this is a very blonde family. We get a voiceover again of Kathy talking about how her, her, you know, dad loved all of us, but dad always let me know that I was his favorite. Her dad presents her with a present and she opens it and it's a musical jewelry box with a spinning ballerina figure on top. And she is like... Oh my God, Dad, it's perfect. Yeah. Because Kathy wants to be a ballerina when she grows right. up. That's like her dream. Also, it's pretty abnormal for a parent to be like, you're my favorite. <laughs> I'm sorry. She acts like that's normal. Right. I like, I have, that's usually something that doesn't happen. No. Yeah. I know. Uh, so also the mom notices him giving the gift. Did you see her in the doorway? The mom is creepy from jump even though the kids don't realize that for way too long. But the mom is ominously glaring at Kathy receiving this present from the dad in the doorway. Well, there was jewelry too, right? It was just a jewelry box. Oh, there wasn't anything in it? It was a musical jewelry box. Yeah, that's it. So 
The next day, the kids and the mom are setting up for a birthday party for their dad. There's like a cake and there's party hats on the table. I don't think this family has any friends. No. Um, Dad's home. JK, it's the cops. Yes, because they have a tradition where they go behind the sofa and, and pounce out at him every every night he comes home. Yeah, I guess. these kids are never annoyed or embarrassed by their dad ever. No. They're always really happy to see him. He's like perfect. I'm sure, you know, and the mom's like obviously like pissed off about that. Yeah. She's jealous, but she's really good at hiding it. It's the cops and they have really bad news. And we get a close up of Kathy grabbing her face and going, no. She knows. In like slow motion because dad's dead. It's pretty clear when the cops show up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It can only mean one thing. We learn through the next voiceover that after dad dies, the family is immediately thrown into poverty and they have to sell all their possessions and move. I guess there was no life insurance policy for dad. No savings. No savings. They don't have any friends. And the mom apparently doesn't work or doesn't even go to work. She doesn't even attempt to get a job. She's just like, we have to go live at your grandparents' house now. Yeah. And it's a really raw deal on top of it. Yeah. So they take a bus with like their sad little suitcases to go to grandma's house. While they're on the bus, the mom reveals to the kids that her father which is their grandfather, disinherited her years ago, but he's dying now. And so she's going to try and get back on his good side so that she can get in the will, and then they'll all be rich. The grandfather. The grandfather. I love how they always say the grandmother and the grandfather. They don't have actual names. It's just grandmother and grandfather. But they always say the. Right. The (laughs) grandfather and the grandmother. Is the grandmother coming? Yeah. (laughs) It's just like very funny. (laughs) Kathy, while they're traveling on the bus, Kathy laments to Christopher. She's like, you know, mom never even... Kathy's little speeches are really bad in this movie. Yes, because she does the thing with the pets. Yeah, she talks about... She's like, you know, it's, it's bullshit. She doesn't say that, but she's like, it's bullshit that mom never let us have any pets, so we never had any concept of death. Until dad died. Until dad died, and she just did not prepare us for this at all. Look, I mean, even if you had a pet and your dad died, you'd still be pretty shocked. <laughs> like, it's still traumatic. I don't know how much a pet would have helped in that situation. Right. Also, Kathy's look is like incest American girl doll. Like, she has like this little straw blossom kind of hat yeah, on and like floral print dresses. Yeah, she's wearing one of those stiff straw Easter hats that like flips <clears throat> upward. Yeah. Kathy has the dowdiest wardrobe I've ever seen in my life. It is like... Yeah, it's frumpy, not even Laura Ashley, but kind of floral patterns from that time period. It's like budget Laura Ashley, but like dishwater colors. Yeah, like very everything, bland. Everything is very muted. Everything is and it's shapeless. Like fits her like a potato sack. Like it looks bad. Yeah, even before she's living in weird old. clothes. It makes her look like she's much older than she is too. You know. Yeah. No, she's got bad style in this for sure. So, yeah, Kathy's acting her ass off. She says, I could care less about being rich and having my dreams come true. All I want is to be at home and to stay at home and to be where daddy's memory is. 
The family finally arrives, and we see the sprawling, rolling lawns. This is another aspect of the house that always scared me for some reason as a kid, was like just how large this lawn was. Just, I remember thinking, I don't want to walk up that. It's so, like, they're at the bottom of this long (laughs) hill, and it's like just the idea of walking up there would just be like so awful, especially to this intimidating house. Just this huge lawn. And Carrie says, There's witches in there, mama. (laughs) The kids have the most child actory. Like, way of saying everything. Like, Carrie looks exactly the same as a kid's sister doll. She also kind of reminds me of the youngest sister on Little House. Yeah. I think her name was also Carrie, too. Maybe that's why it reminded me. And Corey looks like they put the child actor who played him in a blonde curly wig. That does not look like his real hair. No way. He just looks like a doll. They both look like dolls. Even though they're twins... Corey is like three years younger. Yeah. Because his voice is like, they die. <laughs> he's like a toddler voice almost. He has. And Carrie's like a little more mature sounding. Yeah. It's weird. So, yeah, they're greeted at the door when they finally make it up there like three hours later by a very stern butler named John. He doesn't even say hi to them. He's like very rude. No. He just grabs their suitcases and, and he's silent. He's like lurch, but ruder. He almost seems like the living dead. Like yeah. he doesn't seem alive. He does not seem if alive. If someone told me he was like had died 20 years ago, <laughs> I'd believe it. 100%. Yeah. Um apparently this actor who played the butler, he said that he had a much bigger part originally in the movie oh. and like he he was he was even involved in a plot twist. Ooh. In the original movie. Now I think in the book He's like a relative or something. I can't remember. Another I the relative? Book. Yeah. He's like a relative of some, of like maybe the mom on the mom's side of the family. Yeah. So there's that added creepy, like that's why he's so loyal, I think. Right. So we meet grandmother who was played by Louise Fletcher. Great casting. Excellent casting. We already hate her. She played Nurse Ratched. So it's like perfect. It's perfect casting. And she is so, like, if you think she's scary as Nurse Ratchet, just wait till you see her as grandmother in she's this movie. She's holding a Bible, so you know she's a bitch. Right. <laughs> she's just like in a black dress. With a brooch. Yeah. Like, if there's, if you see a rich lady with a high-necked, collared, long sleeve dress with a gigantic brooch and her hair piled on top of her head, you know she's going to be a cunt. Right. And literally holding a Bible. No one does that. Worst personality. <laughs> that's a bad person. That's that's someone who's going to hit you with the Bible. They're going to like have some strict rules. Yeah. <laughs> you just know. You it. know it's coming. This is not like grandma's baking cookies. Well. <laughs> well, not the good kind of cookies. Yeah. Not the kind you want. So... She tells her daughter, the mom, she's like, bring the children upstairs. Doesn't even say hello to the kids. She's just like, bring them upstairs. Kids are growing up this gigantic staircase. Of course, like this place, this place is decorated. Whoever decorated the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland (laughs) decorated this house. Like there's these creepy, ornate portraits on the walls. Like weird sculptures. Yeah, creepy sculptures. Everything is like very uninviting in this house. It's impossibly big. There's no lights on. No one's turning lights on in the house. It's just dark. It's not kid-friendly either. 
And it, like I said before, I don't know how much cleaning the, the help is doing, but it looks dusty as hell. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's not kid-friendly. They enter a really sad-looking room upstairs, and the mom is immediately like, okay, it's time to go to bed, and Corey starts whining. He's like, but it's the daytime! And it is. It's bright daytime. And the mom is like, it's almost 6 a.m., but we... I, I had so many questions. <laughs> it's like, what the... Why is it almost six? Did they just travel overnight on that bus? Did they? That's how long it took to walk up the lawn. <laughs> like, I have a lot of problems with this mom. One of them is that she's a very poor planner. No, In, it was it was it, ridiculous that she's like t- bedtime. It was so stupid. Yeah. So and the grandma's like, "Stop your whimpering." <laughs> I just there's something funny about how mean the grandma is. To she's these kids. so mean. And not only that, but she immediately demands, she's like, the girls sleep in one bed and the boys in another. But Corey's like, no, I want to sleep with Carrie. They're twins. The twins sleep together. Look, as harsh as the grandma seems in that moment, she was right (laughs) about keeping those sexes separate. Well, in the book, at least. (laughs) With these siblings. Yeah. With these siblings, because there's, you know, but, but in this family, in the Dollinger family... Incest is something to, to to be taken seriously. It is very, that can just happen. Incest is a, is something that this family likes to do. Yeah, and the grandma knows it. Look, she's got reasons. She's like, you guys sleep <laughs> in. You sleep with the girls. Sleep with the girls, and the boys sleep with the boys. And Corey really takes umbrage with this. And she's like, this is grandma's house and grandma's rules. But she doesn't say grandma. She says my house. Yeah, my rules. She also warns them. That God sees everything. <laughs> yeah, she's she's gonna let them know that like, if I'm not here, God will see. <laughs> God's gonna see, and He will punish you, and you will burn in hell. Yeah. So, Grandma and Mom leave, and then lock the door behind them. That's never a good sign. You don't want to hear that sound when someone shuts the door and like a deadbolt happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's she, a bad sign. She does a little puts a little skeleton key in the keyhole and it's like, "Oh, we're locked in this yeah. room that's absolutely haunted." Um Christopher goes to open the curtains to reveal that the windows are not only locked, but the shutters on the outside of the windows are closed, so they can't even look out the window. It's yeah. just dark. Yeah. And they can't see outside. Later that day, the butler brings them some food on a cart. It looks like hotel room service. There's literally like a carafe of orange juice and two carafes of milk. And then there's like food under a cloche. It looks like room service. There was so much milk. There was so much milk. It was like, why would anyone... You won't need two carafes of milk. Two (laughs) carafes of milk and a giant carafe of orange juice. Yeah, it was crazy. Who knows what time it is at this point anyway? How Seriously. long did they nap for? Is it like noon? And yeah. they're drinking milk and orange juice Their schedules at noon? are completely fucked. Grandma does this thing where like the butler will wheel the cart outside of the door and then the grandma will intercept the cart and bring it in. Yeah. So the grandma wheels the cart into the bedroom and presents the food and she's like dead silent. She's holding her Bible and this is when she gives the speech about like God sees everything. And he will see whatever evil you do, and he will punish you. Oof. So you better watch out, you little shits. You know when she comes in, she's got some commentary. 
She <laughs> she's like, I'll take this because I have a few things I need to clear up. Right. That's why she she wants the butler to like do like the hard part, the hard part, wheeling the car to, from the kitchen, doing to the, the little bedroom. dumb the dumb waiter pulling it up or whatever. Right. But she'll just she's like, I can take it from here, yeah. John, because I need to give them a really horrifying lecture about God. Absolutely. Right now. So grandma then asks the kids if they know why exactly their mom came back. And I have to say, I was like, tell us. Because I had forgotten. I did <laughs> I was like, I was like waiting for, I was like, ooh, yeah. I had forgotten too, like the exact details of it. And I was shocked just as I was shocked the first I time I saw this movie. I totally had forgotten this. <laughs> and I literally was like, oh, I gasped. I knew the mom had upset the family somehow obviously because that's like the whole thing she has to go back to like get win her father's love back right and i knew it was related to the marriage yes but i just assumed it was like the poor boy or whatever like a typical thing it's so good and then i was like oh okay so christopher says he's just like very um yeah well the mom christopher's like yeah mom wants to win back dad's her dad's love so she can be in the will again and grandma asks and why was she stricken from that will? And Corey goes, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and she's like, silence. Yeah. You learn to have control <laughs> over your bladder. <laughs> you four-year-old doofus. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's she, so mean. She literally tells him to shut the fuck Kathy's up. He's like, he's a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Grandma then gives a speech about how their mother has to repent for her crimes. She says her marriage was unholy. Mm. And this is where we learn that their mother married her own uncle. And that's who their dad was. Their dad was their father uncle. Yeah. Their father, their father uncle. <laughs> their father uncle. Their father great uncle. Daddy uncle. Daddy uncle. Oh. <laughs> I, I really was like, was it her cousin Oh, was her uncle? It's the brother of her dad. It's her dad's brother. She married her dad's brother. He's very young. (laughs) I get why the mom would be pissed off, but I don't condone anything she did. But I get why she would be like, Corinne, what's wrong with you? Seriously, I don't think any family would be accepting of this marriage, to be fair. They no. wouldn't get all religious and high holy roller about it and probably wouldn't blame the children. No. Because this grandmother's like, you're the devil's spawn. Like, right. That's the whole thing is the grandmother hates the kids. Yeah. She hates, like, the kids didn't do anything wrong. I mean, that's where I feel like she crosses the line. Right. Like, a lot of people would be mad at Corinne, but most people would be like, the kids aren't at fault here. Like, They're innocent yeah. victims in all of this. So... Kathy at this point tries to leave, but the butler is blocking the door. And grandma tells them that grandpa is not to know that they're here and that grandpa doesn't even know they exist. Yeah. And it's going to stay that way. While your mom tries to get back on his good side, he's not to know that the devil's spawn. No. The grandfather must not find out. (laughs) Yeah, that's the challenge. We then get to see the ailing grandfather. He's in his bed in his scary-ass room Again, another very dusty room that needs to be cleaned. No. Lights should be turned on. Like, open the curtains. He's like Prince Philip at he, the end. Like, he he has such a Prince Philip at the end vibe. Yeah. Where you're like, is he alive? You have to, like, push him. Oh, okay. He's still breathing. <laughs> like 
he's like sloth in the movie Seven. Yes. Where you're like, you'd think he's dead and then you like touch him and he's like, blah, blah, blah. like yeah, he, wakes he has up. one little gasp or something. <laughs> like he coughs up powder. Yeah. Dust. Dust comes out of his <laughs> mouth and like cobwebs. So the room, he's in bed in his like gigantic four poster bed. We see Corinne, the mom, standing before her father and she starts undressing. I see. I had forgotten enough about this movie that I was like, oh shit, I forgot about them fucking. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was just like, I, incest everywhere. I, yeah, it's been a, a long enough time from the last time I saw this movie that I was like, oh shit. <laughs> she starts taking off her dress. Then we see the grandma's also in the room. So I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. The grandma, we just, all we see is her pull out a bag and then pull a whip out of a bag. And they really let us see it sort of whip. Yeah, it cracks. <laughs> it like, just in case we weren't sure. <laughs> but then the scene stops. Yes. We go to the next scene, but right. we can only imagine. Look, no kink shaming. No, no kink shaming. Uh, but yeah, clearly but it, this guy wants to see his daughter punished. Or the the wife, the mother wants to do it in front of him. And like I don't know how uh, cognizant the dad is at this point. Yeah, he's like a corpse. It almost seems like the mother is doing all this theater. I think the mom is is acting out weird. Yeah, but that was really disturbing. Yeah, it's super disturbing. Later, the mom comes up to where the kids are staying in that room upstairs, and the kids all hug her. They're really happy to see her. After- and you know something's wrong because she's wearing really baggy clothes. <laughs> Yeah, she's covered up wearing really baggy clothes. And Christopher's like, what the fuck is going on, Mom? Yeah. Did you know our grandma's a bitch? (laughs) I mean, Christopher, look, it takes him about one hour and 15 minutes to finally get it. And the movie is only one hour and 30 minutes. (laughs) Like Christopher is like the most trusting person ever. It's outrageous. It, he is so for someone who wants to be a doctor, I don't, just I don't know if that's going to happen. He's so gullible. He can't put two and two together. No. And Kathy is just like she's the voice of the audience. It's like, "Come on, Christopher." <laughs> and he's like, "Kathy, it's our mother. We love her." Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's just not having it. He's like, "Mom, did you know grandma's a bitch?" And then uh, you know, Kathy and Christopher are like, you know, speaking in, in raised tones toward the mom, but then the grandma comes in and she's like, you will stop those children screaming. The scene is great. Then <laughs> the kids go silent, but little Carrie steps up to grandmother. She looks up at her <laughs> and she just starts screaming. This is like a moment, I'm sure, when I saw this as a kid, I was like, I wouldn't do this role. <laughs> like, yeah. That was like a moment I, for me. Like, You want to have this moment yeah, as a kid. Yeah, it was so satisfying. And like, you know, the little kid just doesn't even care and they don't know enough to be scared even. Right. Way. So the grandmother, this is completely unacceptable that this little child is deliberately screaming in her face. She picks her up by the ears. She picked her. Yeah. The little, she's holding the little girl. <laughs> By the head, basically, like and feet, squeezing it, feet off the ground. Like the kids' feet are off the ground by feet. Like, and now she's screaming even more. Yeah. Then, little Corey, her twin brother, 
obviously wants this to stop. So he runs up and he bites grandma on the ankle. Love it. And she slaps him and he falls to the floor. It's obviously a dummy. This looks like the fakest person I've ever it's seen. It's just like a dummy with the same wig on. Yeah. The, no, the <laughs> same all wig. You see is the, the curls. They didn't even get a different wig. No, they just like, took the wig off Corey. People are going to get it. Once they see the curls, they're going to be like, that's Corey who fell. But it was not, it, that <laughs> no. was not a human child. That was definitely a doll. Then the grandmother says to her daughter, Corinne, the mother, she says, Remove your blouse, daughter, and show them how punishment works in this house. That's when the mom reveals the 17 lashes mm. that are covering her back. And these are brutal looking. These are not like red welts. No. These are cut, deep cuts. Like she's been whipped They bad. They spent all of their makeup budget on those scars all the budget went to these scars yeah. because later on the makeup that chris christopher kathy and the oh, twins God. get is abominable <laughs> yeah. they really spent the whole budget on these by scars. the way i had written down i thought i'd written down smack i meant to write down smacks Corey, but it said snacks Corey, and i was like what is what is what, does he get snacks <laughs> like i couldn't figure out what my note was and then i was like oh smacks Corey. <laughs> yeah he gets smacked Grandmother then says to the kids, I will give you food and shelter, but never kindness and love. Mm. Christopher, later on, tends to his mother's wounds. Because there's a lot of scenes in this movie showing, like, Christopher, He remember, he wants to be a doctor one right. day? Yeah. He's tending to the wounds. And he says something, he's like, I wish I had some antiseptic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the di- he's smart. The only reason... <laughs> The only reason I didn't write that down is because I said, I know Desi's going to write that down <laughs> because we're going to talk about that he had to shoehorn that in. Like, like some that makes him term. Like, like, an, like nobody else except for a doctor yeah. would know about antiseptic. Like, ooh. ooh, I wish wow. I had some back is a doc. He could be a doctor. <laughs> he knows about antiseptic. <laughs> yeah, the back spray. <laughs> I wish we had some band aids. Yeah. So. The at this point I wrote down why can't the kids just stay at a friend's house while the mom stays <laughs> at the like why this this is what I'm talking about yeah. about the mom even before we know all the other fucked up shit she does later on in the movie why didn't the mom drop these children off at do they have any friends no they don't have any does the father have any family do they have grandparents on his well, side his family oh yeah that's right <laughs> He does have family, the same one. <laughs> the same one. Duh. So the mom really had no choice. <laughs> mom, I did bring them to their family on the father's the side. The one family. <laughs> this is your father uncle's family too. This is why incest is bad, right? Because you need to have another family to go to. <laughs> if the one family's fucked up, you have the other side to, to fall back on. So. <laughs> Where where is where am I? Um, oh, so she tells the, the this is where the mom tells them about the secret passageway to the attic. Yes, and she suggests that the the kids retreat to the attic because it's very big and they can use it for a playroom. And the the attic the passageway to the attic is connected to the bedroom where they're holed up in. Right, so they have easy access to it. This is where I texted Rachel. Did you realize we had an attic theme going? <laughs> 
scene because this is the third movie that has an attic theme, like our big scenes in the attic. I will shit my pants if there's also an attic in Liz and Dick. I know. And I, because I don't remember anything about that movie. I don't either, yeah. So I will shit my pants if there's like an attic or a carousel or something else tying the the four of them together. If it happens, then it was like, this was meant to be. Meant to be. So later, Chris and Kathy get changed for bed. They're talking about uncles marrying nieces. They're like, do you think that's weird? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. We don't have any friends. (laughs) Yes, none of them have friends. No. This whole family is like, were they homeschooled? They have They have like friends. a homeschool vibe. They do. A little bit. Because they were so happy about the dad and stuff. That's like the only other person Like their family. Know. It's like family, you know? Yeah. Later, grandma brings them food and then she presents them with a list of rules. I like how she presented that list because I was like, well, don't they already know? Like, you already said a ton of rules. I didn't, I didn't get why there needed to be like an entire other list of rules. They're literally locked in a room. They what? already know not to yell or be seen. She, what else do you need? They've <laughs> got more rules already. The kids grab some food. They want to go into the attic. And the grandma says, like, your mom told me that she told you about the attic. I was like... Damn, because the mom made it seem like she was giving them a secret. But then she she narked. No, and the grandma was like, by the way, I, I already know your mom told me, so you're not sneaking. Because the kids were like waiting for her to leave to sneak up. Right. Yeah. And she's like, you can go up there, but if your grandpa sees you. Yeah, don't be seen. You're fucked. Don't look out that little square window. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one in the attic. <laughs> Yeah, don't look out don't that you? wistfully. Don't look at that circle one. Yeah, the cir- it's always a circle. So the attic, up in the attic, it's covered in cobwebs. It's a mess. There's a bunch of old crap in there. There was a horse. Did you see the horse? That's the next thing in my notes. <laughs> I screamed because there's what looks like a carousel horse in the attic. Later that night, the mom plays piano for her catatonic dad while he's in bed (laughs) (laughs) that's what he looks like that's what he looks like (laughs) where it's just the most frightening living human being ever it's like it's so he kind of reeks evil even though he's not doing anything he looks so sinister it's like this is what happens when you live an evil life at the end, you're just you like, look like awful. That. Yeah. He yeah, he's repulsive. Then we get a montage of the kids cleaning up the attic. Kathy manages to find the ugliest beige dress I've ever seen in my life. And she's And like, she's thrilled. She's like, Oh, this is cute. And look at the hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a straw. <laughs> straw hat. It's perfect a, for the attic. <laughs> right. Where there's sunshine. And they open up Christopher finds like 15 full length mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, what? Yeah, and then I, <laughs> it was like Mary Poppins bag, but with, with mirrors. It was crazy. <laughs> and they were all different ty- types. I know. I was like thinking while they're doing this whole cleaning montage and discovering things and he's pulling off sheets on furniture. I'm like, I was thinking like, hmm, I guess that would be kind of cool. Like that would be fun for me to be like discovering all the weird stuff up there. Oh, totally. But it's basically just all the same weird stuff. It's just dresses and mirrors. 
Yeah. There's like nothing. And this attic is huge. It's and huge. And there's tons of shit up there. And yeah. it's all mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> it's all mirrors and beige dresses. Right. So <laughs> um, there is, however, a bar that Kathy sets up to practice her dance. But I think he hooks up some piece of wood he found to all those mirrors. I think, Because yeah. Christopher makes that for her. He makes it. Yeah. So it isn't an actual So that's bar. why those mirrors were there. So we could have her do some dance moves with him watching. She like took them apart. Yeah. And he put some weird wood up or something. And she's practicing her dance moves and Chris is staring at her lustfully. He's just literally staring at her. Well, she's That's like, where you know a scene got cut. It got cut. <laughs> yeah. It got cut. It's disappointing. Mother, we get a voiceover that says, Mother, Mother's visits became fewer and fewer, and then they stopped altogether. Then we get a scene of them making little paper flowers. All the kids are making paper flowers and paper animals. And Corey's made a little paper snail, and that's when Christopher gives him a science lesson. Wait, He's- okay. Can I just say one thing we skipped over that I have to talk about? Yeah. Because I need to know if you noticed it. So when they go up to the attic for the first time, they bring food. Yes. And they have literally one minute long scene of um, Corey taking all the cookies. cookies. (laughs) But that took so long. I was like, he is the slowest cookie taker I've ever seen in my life. because, Because Kathy and Christopher were like, hurry up. Take them quickly, and Corey is sucking in his cheeks, <laughs> like he's sucking through a straw. Like he's really, like it's very difficult for him to pick up two cookies. It is the. I was it's like, why would cookies. you waste that much time? On he's this going moment? like this. He's going like Ka- Kathy already took like five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in one second, and, he- and then we're sitting here for one minute for Corey. It's like <laughs> just like to get those fucking powdered sugar cookies, stacking them up to take upstairs. It's crazy. So uh, let's go back to the snail. <laughs> so they're making paper figurines because that's literally all they have to do up there. And Christopher says, you know, snails are a member of, of the family of mollusks. Because like, he has, he's the scientist. I'm just so irritated by Christopher always trying to prove how smart he is, and it's not, it's never anything I don't even know. We learned that in third grade. <laughs> it's like we all know this, Christopher. He's like the OG mansplainer, right? Everyone's sick of your shit, right? Yeah, now, he's so irritating. The twins are, of course, stir crazy. They want to go outside and watch TV and eat ice cream. And then Christopher gives them a Bible speech. He's like, you know what the Bible says? There's there's a time for harvest. A time to... I, I know. <laughs> it's like that song. He basically just recites the lyrics from Turn, Turn, Turn. Yeah. That's Which I think... I was like, wait, that's a Bible verse? <laughs> <laughs> they just did it verbatim. It's, he's, it's literally the... I, I was blown away. I was, I was too. Like, that's the bird song. Yeah. <laughs> that's from the Bible? Is that where they got the, those lyrics from? Please do not uh, add us because we are dumb bitches. Well, <laughs> that I literally was like, wait a second. I, that's what I thought too. But uh, that, I was like, is that even allowed? You can just make your whole song a Bible verse and act like it's like hippie? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like verbatim. He literally says, there's a time for harvest. There's a time for play. There's a time for sleep. There's a he like lists time to da 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 I couldn't. I was like singing the melody. He lists like twenty things, and then he goes, and there's a time for sacrifice, and that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, he tied it all together. Christopher, this is abuse. 
You are all being abused right now. Look, it's one thing to look for the silver lining. There <laughs> Christopher is, takes it too far. This is a situation which could have been avoided by your mother, who is supposed to be caring for you, yeah. and she is not. Wake up. They need to get out of there. They have to get out of there now. But you Chris, run down that grass <laughs> as fast you as you can. Get a little potato sack and slide. <laughs> do a three-legged do race a out, three-legged of <laughs> out of that fucking hit. So let's take a break. Okay. Let's let's take a break here. Okay. Okay. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Next, we get an extended close-up of Christopher's denim ass. Did uh, you? <laughs> it's just like this extreme close-up of his denim ass, and he's at the in the doorway of the bathroom, and he says, "Kathy, can I come in?" Kathy's taking a bubble bath, and there ain't that much bubbles. <laughs> there were there it's was a lot of water. It's mostly murky water. Yeah. And there's a few bubbles on top. It's not like... It's covering her. Yeah, it's not like the bubbles are strategically placed over her tits and pussy. It is just like water. And that is a sad-looking bath. She she should have said no. No, you cannot come in right now, Christopher. she's, She's like, sure. So he comes in, and then he immediately starts washing her back. Can you imagine? Immediately. And she's just like, okay. She looks like she's in ecstasy. Well, she does say she got chills, but I don't think about him. <laughs> she, got, she said she got chills at one point during their conversation, but it was in reference to them talking about what if mom is in trouble. See, this is how dumb Christopher, Christopher is. Christopher is a himbo. Yeah. Like he is so dumb. <laughs> it's like, no, mom is not in trouble, you fool. Put like, it together. She's put evil. Put it together. My God. She's Put you in this situation. I've never seen someone give someone more chances. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Even Corey and Carrie are like, something's up here. Yeah, the mom is different. Right. And he's like, she's in grief. (laughs) (laughs) And Kathy's like, we're in grief too and we haven't changed, right? Like, isn't that something that happens at some point? Yes. So Christopher's like, what if mom is locked up somewhere here? And that's why she stopped seeing us. And at, Kathy's like kind of responding to him, but she looks like she's in ecstasy. She's like Occam, Occam's Razor, Christopher. <laughs> she's like, Christopher, you're an idi- idiot, yeah. but that feels really good. It's totally like a porn opener. Oh, totally. Like we're two step siblings, but it's real siblings. Because when he says, can I come in there? He doesn't even, like the first thing he does is he immediately sits down at the edge of the tub and starts washing her back. And There's... Nothing else happens in between. No, he doesn't even ask her. No. Do you need a back wash? Yeah, do you need a back? Can I just stand over here and look at your body in the non-bubble tub? (laughs) (laughs) See, this is where I bet they cut some some making out or something. Or something. Or a a breast touching. Or like just a seductive touch where she's like, no, Christopher. Right. Grandma's coming. So then Christopher's like, I got a plan. We don't know what the plan is, but he tells Kathy, he's yeah. like, look, I, I'm planning. I'm cooking up something in the old noggin here. It involves mom being in trouble, <laughs> not reality for situation. <laughs> he then later sees, like later that night when they're all going to bed, Melon, stop. He sees Corey and Carrie are sleeping in the same bed, which mm. that's not allowed. Boys sleep in one bed, girls sleep in the other bed. He tries to wake up Carrie to get her to come over to his bed, but she's like, I'm tired, and she rolls over. Christopher relents, and he's like, well, I guess I got to sleep with my hot sister. 
Also, that bed looks very small with very, the two of them in it. Very small. It's like they're in a twin bed together or something. Yeah. I don't... Okay. So the next morning, the grandmother comes in the room and sees that the girls and boys are sleeping together. And she's like, get up. Yeah. She then... I like to when they get up and they're all wearing like the biggest covering pajamas ever. Yeah. So it's like nothing hot is happening. No, no, <laughs> nothing happened, Grandma. No. But Grandma's furious because she doesn't want any incest happening under her own roof. Look, Even though she just whipped her own daughter. Fool me once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fool me once. Even though, even though she's doing weird shit with her own daughter in the house. That's true. With the whipping. Yeah. That's what I mean, where it's like, you really don't have a leg to stand on here, You're grandma. getting off on this a little. <laughs> Let's get real. <laughs> I, I believe that. So grandma spies Kathy's music box, Ugh. and she pushes it to the ground, and it shatters in slow motion, and Kathy goes, no! Yeah. You can never let someone like that know something is precious to you. <laughs> That's like the first thing they're going to go after. Why was it just sitting right no, out there? No, she should have hit that shit. I do remember as a little girl this scene used to devastate me. I just remember thinking right. this was the most devastating scene I've ever seen. Her one thing of her dad. That's all yeah. she has left. So later that night, Kathy and Christopher attempt to escape through that tiny window in the attic. Right. Which has bars covering it. It has three bars. So they try to bend one of the bars up. Pull, Kathy, pull. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says to her. It's so While horny. she's grabbing his balls. Yeah. <laughs> pull. Keep pulling it. <laughs> Yank it. <laughs> so they pry the window. The bar is open. And they step out onto the roof. And they're like, whoa, we're up pretty high. Like, yeah, you're in a fucking stone mansion. Yeah, it's very... And you're in the you, attic. You didn't think... That it's the highest was, point. <laughs> you didn't think it was going to be high no. up, but somehow they have a long rope. It was in the a attic. Very, <laughs> a very fucking long rope. It's like a gym class rope. It and has it has like the knots. little notches. Yeah. <laughs> Knots in it, never. I always see that. I'm like, oh, thank God, there's notches. As if that would make it any easier for me. <laughs> I still would I'd be still like, there's be like, no I'm way tired. I'm doing this. Oh, I can't. My hands are sweating just thinking about no, it. No, there's just no way. So they throw the rope down, and Christopher's like, I'm going first, and he's wearing black gloves, like he's OJ Simpson. He's like, this scene stressed me out. <laughs> this was more stressful than anything in Obsessed. Like this it was whole scene, so stressful because everything bad that can happen does happen in this scene. The only saving grace for them is that that guy, I don't know his name, takes like eight hours to oh walk my over. God. <laughs> right. So it's very first the visibility. It's, it's pitch very, black. It's pitch black and misty. Yeah. It's very misty outside. Yeah. I don't know if they're in some seaside coastal town. They're in like the moors. Yeah. I, I meant to look up where they filmed that house. Bo- Boston. Oh, okay. Or Mass- not Boston. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay. So okay. it was probably some seaside or close to the sea. Right, where fog would come in. There was a lot of fog. So he's like shimmying down on this rope. He's trying to shimmy down on this rope. 
he notices there's dogs, like Rottweilers, below. I mean, there might as well have been sharks in a moat swimming. That's how I got so mad when those dogs came. I was like, come on. Not now. And there's like also that huge light thing. Yeah, there's like a huge light fixture that he has to, like, that's on the roof, like a security. So you know something's happening with that. Oh, yeah. As he's like dangling on this rope, trying to get down to the ground, suddenly the lights come on and then the barking dogs start running towards him. Christopher's dangling on this rope, just trying to shimmy back up. And Kathy has also made her way partially down by this point. Right. So she's like, oh my God. And she's trying to climb back up. Then we see this guy who's like the groundskeeper. We never are formally introduced no, to him. But we do see him when they arrive looking in the window. Yeah, he's just and we're like, like a who's lurker. that beard guy? He's a lurker. Yeah. He's wa- watching the grounds and carrying a shotgun. Yeah. So then we see him approaching. Then lightning strikes. Yeah, where'd that come from? Now, the budget for the lightning was so bad that they just cut to a piece of paper with a drawing of lightning on it. I'm not joking. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally just a sound effect of lightning and thunder, and like they flashed to a picture of lightning. (laughs) There was no motion in that. No. So this is bad. They spent that money on the scars. (laughs) Just those scars. Yes. So then, as if that's not stressful enough, the rope snaps and Christopher starts sliding down the roof and he's now dangling from the ledge. He still has a big piece of the rope, I guess. Like he yeah. has the rest of the rope that he's holding onto. So he throws that up back to Kathy and he, he, he climbs his way back to safety. And meanwhile, this scene is like 15 minutes it long. It was so long. And the guy, is, the guy with the gun is running towards them the whole time. It's like, how big is that lawn? It's so big. <laughs> like... It's the lawn. He's run, I was like, he would have been there by now or saw what was happening. Right. And they like go back inside and it's like, oh, we got away with it. Nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens. Nothing happens. The next day, the kids all wake up in their beds and their mom is there and they all run to hug her. And they're like, mom, come see our sad room that we live in now. And they show her the attic. And she's like, oh, wow, you guys... You really spruced up the place. It looks great. Yeah. She's like wearing... Ooh, you made a garden. Ooh. She's wearing a silk blouse and like a tight yeah. skirt. She's like looking a little sluttier. And... Um, Corey's not looking too good. Corey doesn't look good at all. And the mom confronts them that they tried to run away and then she scolds them. She's like, you guys... Stop ruining the plan. You're ruining our, yeah. our plan for me to get back into the will. And Kathy is like, Mom, the twins aren't healthy. They need to go outside with their friends and they need to be in school and have fresh air. And the mom's like, We need to just do, you need to be patient, Kathy. What? Grandfather is hanging on by a thread. <laughs> He'll be dead soon. <laughs> you need to wait a little longer. Jesus bitch. Christ. Doctors say he won't live for another month. Later, we see Corey sneaking up on a rat. And he catches it, and he goes, Christopher, <laughs> I got a pet. Yes, finally he will learn about death. <laughs> finally. Mom is reading to her dad at his bedside, and Grandma is staring at them through the doorway. Grandma's always lurking. Yes. You never know when Grandma's going to pop out. She's, he, she's, is she reading the Bible to him? It must have been the yeah. Bible. Back up in the attic, the twins ask Christopher why they put more bars up on the oh, attic window. And that's where they know they got busted. They got busted. Yeah. Later, Kathy sinks into another bath. 
And the voiceover says, I found a way to escape, even if it was only through a hot bath in my fantasies. So you know in the book, she probably started masturbating. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I remember reading the sex scenes between her and Christopher when I read the book and just being like... Oh my God. No, it was oh shocking. I had never read anything like Ever. that explicit before. Ever. No. And I've read a lot of explicit books before, but just the lay- just the fact that they were brother and sister, it was just, I just remember being like, my, my jaw was on the floor. I think that was probably the most explicit I, book I had read at that point. Yeah. Because I, I was very young when I read that book. Like way too young. I was older when I read it. So I had already read a lot of really explicit books. Like I read the basketball diaries when I was pretty young. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I read a lot of like Stephen King books and a lot of adult books. Sex and stuff in that. But this one floored me. Yeah. Just because it, even though it maybe wasn't as like nasty, the words weren't, didn't, I don't know. It wasn't like as, maybe as explicit, but it was still really explicit for what it was. It shocked me. Yeah. I mean, these books were banned in certain places. They were banned. So they're very like, yeah. I checked this out in my high school library though. So yeah, she sinks into the bath. And she's doing all these like ballet moves in the bathtub. So her legs are all like... They're all Kicking up and spreading. (laughs) She's doing like, um, you know, cabaret moves with her legs in the bath. And Christopher's like... Kathy, <laughs> can I come in again? What's up? <laughs> As if he doesn't know. He knows. It's like they're in the same room. He knows she's taking a bath. Okay, actually, that's exactly what happens. Christopher knocks on the door <laughs> and he says, can I come in and talk? He's always got to talk when she's in the bath. Always. It's like, it's like, it's like brings out up these thoughts for him. Right. Right. <laughs> Gets his little wheels turning. <laughs> hey, you got a second? It's like you guys are literally together twenty four seven. This is that. This is when she's her. She's having her fantasies. This is her. Why meantime. do you got to be a part of this, Christopher? Let <laughs> her have her moment. So he comes in and starts talking to her. But uh oh, Grandma's back. She she busts in on them and she goes sinners. <laughs> I like to think like. Is she just waiting to hear something and pop in like that? Because she does catch them a lot. How does she arrive so quickly? I don't know. And it's just always like out of nowhere. You see like this shadow behind him or something. Christopher delivers a pretty sick burn to her. That was obviously something that a woman wrote, an (laughs) older woman wrote, and not a teenage boy would ever say to anybody. He says... Look at you in your black dress and your fancy jewels and your pinched face. The pinched face. The pinched face line. That is not something that 16-year-old boy says. No. Pinched face. But it was a sick burn. (laughs) Pinched face. And he says, we laugh at you. Oh, I loved that. I liked when he said that. That's the meanest thing you can say. We all laugh at you. We all laugh behind your back. We laugh our fucking asses off. (laughs) It's just so mean. Then he goes, get out. And she's so stunned. But she does she huffs leave. and puffs and she turns. Oh, 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 how dare she you? Clutches, she literally clutches her brooch. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher says, we have to hide in the attic because she won't come up there. And at this point, Christopher still thinks that their mom has their best interest at heart. If he, mom knew she was doing this, she'd, she'd really defend us. <laughs> I swear. Back in the attic, Corey is hanging out with his new pet rat. He's named it Fred. Of course. Fred. 
Fwed. He's named it Fwed. We gotta give it a name with his that'll work with his accent. <laughs> his accent. Whatever. That, that toddler's that accent. That toddler accent. Fwed. We gotta give him with an R name. It'll be cute. That night we see that shotgun man leave the house. He's really pointless in this movie. He's just to he's add got atmosphere. like a few he's got like one big scene coming. Right. And that's it. Uh, then we see Grandma ascend the stairs. Mm. Christopher gets out of bed and notices that Corey's gone. He's like, Corey's gone. And they're all looking from the in the attic, and they're like screaming. They're making so much noise right now. They don't give a fuck about Grandpa hearing them. They're like, Corey! 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 It's like, it's the attic. They're running around. I mean, someone's got to hear something. You can hear rats in the attic. Why couldn't they hear children stomping around, right. running around the attic? Because the attic is bigger than the room they're in. Yeah. Like, it's not just above their room. It's above multiple rooms. Yeah. How I mean, I don't think that grandfather's hearing anything. No. <laughs> I think he's catatonic. I don't know why they're worried about him noticing anything. I mean, really. So they're all looking for Corey. Uh, then they notice that the rat is gone, too. But luckily, they quickly find Corey. He's curled up asleep in a basket with Fwed. Yeah, the who rat. just stays with him. He stays just with Just like him. a rat like, would. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what it is? It's like, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I forget the rest of the words. The two of us will make it. Yeah. I love that song. song. It's so good. Mm. One of the creepiest songs ever written. It's so good. It's up there with Muskrat Love. (laughs) I love Ben. I love that they made a sequel to Willard. Yes. And that they made a ballad in the sequel that was sung by a young Michael Jackson. It all makes sense. That would never happen today. (laughs) Okay, I digress. So Corey is asleep in this basket. He's safe. Then the grandmother surprises Kathy in the bedroom. She's coming down the stairs. Yeah, Kathy comes down the stairs back to the bedroom, and the grandmother surprises her in the room and pushes her down, smacks her across the face, and we see that she's wielding a large pair of scissors. The largest pair of scissors ever. It looks like a prop, like a <laughs> carrot top prop. Yeah, they're where that it's oversized. Big. They're huge. Um, and she also locks the door to the attic so no one can come down. Help her. Yeah. So she's in the bedroom with grandma and the scissors, and grandma starts cutting all of Kathy's hair off. No. She cuts a wig's hair. <laughs> it, all you see is blonde hair, no body. Yeah. And then she starts cutting this wig <laughs> that you know is just lying on the bed. Yes. <laughs> it's not, you don't see any human being connected to this hair. This is a shake and go wig from Party City. <laughs> this is Mary Martin's wig in Peter Pan. Yeah. It is. Unreal, this wig that Kathy's wearing for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So when Grandma leaves, Christopher finds Kathy crying in a corner with her ugly haircut. She's crying in the bathroom. And she goes, why is Mother doing this to us? And Christopher's still like, oh, I'm sure there's a perfectly... She obviously doesn't know that this happened. It's a perfectly reasonable explanation. 
Kathy? She's probably trying to figure out a way to kill grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> so Christopher tries to even out her haircut because now yeah. he's a hairdresser too. Such a know-it-all. He's such a know-it-all. The wig, it still looks bad. Like he's not no. going to fix it. This is not a Mia Farrow and Rosemary's Baby moment. No, it's really bad. No, it's bad. And it's also gray. It's gray. It's like it looks like someone put pow- baby powder in it. It looks like for the rest of the movie, it looks like all four of the kids were just dipped in baby powder. Yeah. It's like the makeup you did for yourself as a kid on Halloween. A hundred percent. Where you're all white, but you put some darkness under your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's like the makeup from those kits that you buy at the yes. Halloween store with the, it's like a pan. And it's like, it's supposed to be a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> and that makeup is like super, it's like more wax than pigment. Yeah. So it takes you like eight pounds to make your skin yeah. even barely white. You have to use two packs of it yeah, to like, get any color. There's no opacity to it. No, it's just, like, it's yeah. just wax. So later we see Grandpa being wheeled out of his bedroom by the butler and into the dining room. This looks like it's about to be the worst dinner ever. It's, it's just, literally like when they roll Grandfather in in the in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> exact same vibe. Yeah. Same vibe. Yeah. It's just Grandpa, the Grandma, and Corinne, the mom, yeah. having dinner together. And you know you're about to get like a very well done piece of beef. Or like liver and onions. Liver, not even the onions, just the liver. <laughs> you don't even get that much flavor. It's just the liver and it's very overcooked. Yeah. And Grandpa gets like some insurer. Yeah, Grandpa gets insured. Because he can't chew anymore. <laughs> and like the whole table smells like insure. Like yeah. The whole dinner just smells like it. He's not even eating. He's just there to have some yeah. family time. <laughs> <laughs> Up in the attic, Corey asks why Grandma didn't bring us any food today. And Christopher's like, oh, I'm sure the food will come soon. She's probably just running late. Yeah. <laughs> the grocery store is closed for the holidays. <laughs> He's still making excuses. Well, in the book... She catches them fooling around, and that's why she doesn't feed them. So right. this doesn't really make sense in the movie. They don't have an explanation for it. I mean, I guess they're trying to make it like it's the the haircut thing or catching them in the tub, in the room, bathroom together. Right. But it's a much more severe punishment than typical, than it's typically happened in the movie. But in the book, it's for a much bigger reason. It just seems so out of the blue in the movie. <clears throat> like, it just... Wait, why hasn't it happened before when they were caught in the bed together or whatever? Like, yeah. yeah. So suddenly now they're not bringing food up. Christopher is meanwhile trying to glue Kathy's ballerina back together. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I I don't have the patience right now. Downstairs. <laughs> Downstairs in Grandpa's bedroom, he has gifted the mom, Corinne, with a very fancy dress, and she puts it on, and this is the most mother of the bride dress I've ever seen in my life. I haven't... He's like, well... Also, the grandfather did not pick that dress. I'm sorry. It is... I don't know why everything in this movie is the exact same color. Like, all the women's dresses except for the grandmother. It's like pale pink. But gray. But grayish it's pink. It's pink. It's like a pink beige gray. And it her, her, it's like a drop waist. It's drop waist and <laughs> ruched. Yeah, it's just so With awful. a bateau neckline. Yeah. With like, uh, oh, and it's like cheap looking, shiny. It's a bad mother of the bride dress. Yeah. It's a bad mother of the bride. And this mom is young, by the way. 
but she's looks like old. But she's like a her style is old. But she's like not like an old like her kids are older. But she I feel like she's probably in her thirties. Did you know Sharon Stone was up for the role of Corinne, the mom? Really? Yeah. So that I'm would like, have changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, that would have changed everything. So then we see a man knock at the door, and he has some roses, and he is like, he's like has a kind of a mullet, and he's like suave, rich man because he's wearing like a tuxedo. His style was so 80s. It was so 80s. Like the hair. The hair. <laughs> it's like, that's the dentist or something. He like, looked like he worked at Chippendales at one point. Yeah. He had that look. Burt Winslow. Right. The butler's like, oh, Burt Winslow. Mr. Burt Winslow is here. And he just walks in <laughs> with this feathered. It's like, that, that, that guy doesn't get introduced by a butler. No. <laughs> he gets introduced by a guy at Chippendales. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He did not have rich guy energy. No, not at all. So meanwhile, Corey is sick from not eating. And by this point, all four of the kids are wearing pancake makeup. Like like we said, that Halloween pancake makeup. They've all got dark circles. They all have dark circles under their eyes. They're looking like Christopher's still seeing them look like this. (laughs) Right. Still thinks everything is fine. This next moment is a moment that has been burned in my brain since I was eight years old Mm. and is one of the worst things I have ever seen on film before. I, I, I have watched countless horror movies (laughs) with some of the most horrific gore you can imagine, but this is the worst thing I have ever Mm. seen on film in my life. I had forgotten about it completely and was mouth open, disgusted. I just like, will never forget being eight years old with my friend Janine watching this movie at her house after school and going, what the fuck? Yeah, it's shocking. I don't know why, but I guess I'm not alone because you also are repulsed no, by it's this. Like, imagine being in a movie about incest and still finding something more shocking. <laughs> That's how bad it is. We see Christopher take a razor blade, put it under a flame to sterilize it. He sits down on the bed next to Corey and Kathy, of course, they're all in the fucking bed. Kathy's also in the bed next yeah. to Corey. He takes a giant belt and puts it around his arm hmm. to make a tourniquet. He slices his arm and then doesn't even, and Kathy's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, just, just yeah. trust me. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> trust. Christopher slices his own arm and then he puts the like the crook of his arm, shoves it into Corey's face, and Corey just without even questioning just starts drinking the blood from his arm. That's the disturbing part. Yeah. Corey just willingly, willingly starts sucking. It's like, how do you even know that's what you should do in that moment? He didn't say anything like drink. Wouldn't it. you be like Wait, what? <laughs> like if someone shoved a bloody arm in my mouth, my first thought would be like, oh, drink. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it, it's like, am I watching Interview with a Vampire right now? <laughs> Is that when he's going to turn Chris Kirsten Dunst? Like it was like, it, it's so weird. It's, there's so many aspects of it that culminate in making this such a horrific <clears throat> moment. It's partially that he's so, ca- like that Christopher, like that, Christopher is just so like this is how it's this done. This is how it's done and that Corey is so cavalier and knowingly knows what to do. There's no explanation. Also, is that even 
good? <laughs> like, does that have any like nutrition? Would that help you if I'm you were sick? I'm faint right now. Like, cause I've only ever heard of that helping a vampire in need. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like a vampire who's lived off of rat blood for eight months or something. I And they're almost, like, <laughs> it's so weird. I almost, when Thank I. Thank God. Well, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I just think all this didn't. I to almost go on. thought the movie to Google is blood nutritious. <laughs> like, and then I was like, I don't need that in my Google history. <laughs> Should I be eating blood when I'm hungry and feeling a little low? <laughs> so it's just. I mean, I just wish. I just wish there was at least one line of dialogue, like it, drink anything, anything. No, Corey, the way Corey just willingly <laughs> drinks blood is the sickest thing I've ever seen on film. He Do you just, agree with me, though? Yes. Okay. I've, I've, like, only person in this scene that makes sense is Kathy, <laughs> who's, like, protesting initially. Right. And then when she sees the, what happened, she doesn't say jack shit. It's like during the tourniquet, she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then when he, it's like, oh, oh, that's what you're doing. And it's like, no. And Christopher, uh, Corey's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> Just like sucking on the arm. It is repulsive. How do you, like, how do you, how would you ever look at Corey in the eyes again after seeing him act like an animal? It's just awful. Later, later that night, Chris and Kathy break out of their bedroom door. Like, they're like, finally. I was like, why haven't you done this months ago? six fucking months and they're like oh look it's just easy we could just pop these little door hinges out (laughs) that's all they had to do they bent metal bars before they thought of doing this that's what's crazy i hate these fucking kids (laughs) they sneak downstairs they're just fearless they go into their mom's room and they find a this is how they realize it's their mom's room in this like 50 room house they find a gold bracelet that they just I guess no is their mom's. And but can we talk about this room? Yes. First of all, the ceilings are ninety feet high. Yes. <laughs> the bed looks like where an angel lives. Yes. Like, I didn't even know what I was like. What is this sick place? Because it's all white. Yeah. And it's just like large bed with like white fluffiness everywhere. It looks like a set on a in a play or something. Like it's deranged. Then they open the closet. And they see all these dresses, and Kathy is furious. Oh, she's thumbing through those dresses in absolute rage. She's livid. She's seeing teddies. Yes, yeah. slips, slips. More mother of all the bride. The finest dresses, satins, <laughs> sequins. She's livid. She's like, look, she's living like a queen. Yeah. Um, and Christopher still is like, I'm sure there's a perfectly reasonable <laughs> explanation for all yeah. of this. Then um, they open another door. They go into another room in the house. They open another door and they realize it's grandpa's room. And grandpa, these kids are so dumb. This scene is scary. This scene's so scary. They see their catatonic Prince Philip looking grandpa in his bed. Like, yeah. They start walking towards him. They start walking towards him. Christopher sits down on the bed and waves his hand in front of his face. And then they both simultaneously get as close as possible. And Christopher's like, I'm going to check for, you know, like he's going to check for a heartbeat. Uh, I know. I learned how to do this. 
<laughs> in med school. I read, I read a lot read, of journals. I read, about, I read a book about this. He leans closer. He gets like one inch in front of the grandpa's face. And then the grandpa opens his eyes and it's like this big shocking moment. And the grandpa grabs Kathy and pulls her close and says, I always loved you the best, Corinne. I mean, that's when you know he fucked his daughter. He fucked the daughter. <clears throat> yeah. He absolutely And that's did. why the mom is obsessed. Right. Yeah. They scream and run out of the room. The butler, John, catches them, and they have to run away from him. And he's, like, lurched, so he's, like, very slowly following after them. Yes. But they make it safely back to the bedroom. And, of course, this is, like, nothing of consequence. Like, nothing happens. No, lurch happens. doesn't, like, put anything. He's like, oh, I guess I just heard something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kathy cries to Christopher that the money that they could potentially inherit is not worth all of this. Let's just take the twins and run away. And Christopher's like, Kathy, we got to be patient. I wrote, oh, Christopher, give it up. (laughs) He literally said, she's our mother, Kathy. No, at this point, I'm like, seriously? I've given you passes before, but this is ridiculous. Kathy should have just taken the twins and left him. She should have fucking poked those hinges out again. Yeah, what's stopping her at this point? I'm sorry. It's so dumb because it's like, you guys are all minors. Christopher's a lost cause at this point. He's, a, he's like, in. he's like... He can stay. He can stay if he wants to, but like, what is Kathy... Like, I know they're all scared and stuff, but like, she, they, they can go to a police station or something, right? Anything. At this point, Kathy could hire a lawyer and sue the grandmother and her mom and then get the money that way. So they have options. I feel like there's. they needed a good lawyer. Uh, totally. And I think there's a lawyer who would have taken this case easily. Saul Goodman would have gotten Saul them a windfall. <laughs> he would have fucked, <laughs> fucked them so hard. Yeah. So Corey is whimpering, I have to throw up, Kathy. <laughs> then we get a shot of powdered sugar being sprinkled on cookies. Mm. These are the weirdest looking cookies, by I the way. I was thinking, I was like, those dried... Mass motherfucking cook like what are what kind of cookies are those? They look like crumpets. They're huge. They're huge and cakey, big round circles, right? With powdered sugar on them. <laughs> In the book, they're donuts. Oh, In the right. book, they're That's powdered right. donuts. That makes more sense, though. Why did why didn't they just do that? You know how easy it is to find powdered sugar donuts. <laughs> Go to Seven Eleven and get them. It's crazy. Yeah, why did they switch it? That's weird. So, Kathy has a nightmare. When she wakes up, she sees there's cookies and milk in the room. Ooh. Later, Christopher is asking Corey. He's like sitting down with Corey like he's a doctor. Yeah. And he's like, What do you tell me about your symptoms? <laughs> do you have numbness in your extremities? That's what he says. <laughs> Corey's like, Corey's like, extremities? With numbness. Yeah. <laughs> he's literally asking him these like scientific questions. And Corey's, Corey's like, like I'm I don't know. Dying. I feel bad. Yeah. My tummy hurts. Um, Then the mom comes into the attic and she's like, darlings, I'm back. She compliments Kathy on her her hair. Honey, it's so chic. She's like, it's so sensible and chic. And that sends her. That sends Kathy over the edge because she hates this fucking haircut. And she goes, I know you're angry with me. Uh, but like, it'll just be a little bit longer. No, grandpa's not dead. He's still alive. But the good news is he loves me and he's throwing me a party tonight. To reintroduce me to society. I love that moment where she's like, I have great news. And Kathy's like, 
grandpa died? (laughs) She's like, no, No. he loves me. He loves me. And then she's like, uh, and tomorrow he's having Bart Winslow, his attorney, write me back in the will. Her boyfriend. Her boyfriend slash the grandpa's attorney. And Christopher's like, how long can we live in this prison? And Kathy starts yelling at her too. And she's like, the twins are sick. And the mom melts down and she's like, stop it. You guys are so selfish. You ungrateful children. <laughs> it's like, look at They're your, like dying. Look at them. Yeah. They look like shit. Yeah. Uh, and they're all like, you're all pink and rosy cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> we look like we have Party City makeup on. Yeah, you have blush on. <laughs> so then um, the mom leaves. Later that night, Kathy wakes up to see Christopher trying to leave the bedroom. He says he's going downstairs to check out the party. For as much as these kids have been like locked <clears throat> And forbid, forbidden to do anything, they sure do get around this house a lot. Well, now they do. Now, Once they learned how to take those hinges off. No, <laughs> they still, and now they're like in the fucking uh, heating vent. They go down, <laughs> they go like find an area of the house where they can spy on the party through a heating vent, like near the floor. Yeah, how do they, how do they get in there? How do they, they never really know about like, that? Where is that? Yeah. It, I think it was like a room behind that room. Yeah. Anyway, so they're spying on well, this party. Maybe they're party. just on the floor. They were looking. on the floor. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were underneath. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They're spying on the party. This is like the most boring looking party ever. It's yeah. like ballroom dancing, but not even lit. There's like six people. There's six people there. The mom is wearing a gigantic emerald green ball gown and she's dancing with Bart Winslow. In the middle of the dance floor, he presents her with a ring. And she's like, oh. The next day, we see food being wheeled out into the into the room again to the kids' bedroom. The kids are now sitting on their bed in their PJs, and they tell Grandma that Corey is sick and he needs a doctor, and she's just mad that the kids are still in their PJs. Yeah, Corey yeah, is like like on death's door. He's dying. He's dying. Well, why, why are you guys still in your PJs? It's ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care if he's dying. That's no excuse. <laughs> Put on your slacks. Then the grandma shortly comes back to the room, but she brings the mom. And Kathy, and the mom just sort of like, just like, oh, just sort of. What should I do? What's, huh? My son looks like a corpse. Yeah. And Kathy's like, don't just stand there. Do something. He has to go to the hospital. And the mom's like, Kathy, you are so dramatic. And then she slaps Kathy. And Kathy slaps her back. And he says, damn you to hell, mother. If Corey dies, you'll pay for it. Grandmother then asks the butler to bring the car around so the mom can take Corey to the hospital. So the the mom scoops Corey up or whatever. She's going to take him to the hospital. Finally. I mean, you know, as soon as Corey gets to that hospital, the people at the hospital are going to be like, "Uh, we're going to need to send CPS over to this house. Yeah. And then when Corey's taken out, he says, hello, John. That's what he says to the butler. <laughs> to the butler. Hello, John. And it's like, aw. I know. That's the last time we see Corey. The next scene that we see is the groundskeeper outside digging a hole. Hmm. Ominous. Ominously digging a hole. And it's the daytime. Yeah. The mom returns that night to the bedroom and tells the kids in like the most 
bored way possible that Corey's dead. Corey had pneumonia and now he's dead. We've already buried him. Move on. That's what she <laughs> yeah, said. It's like that's what she said. And it's like literally zero emotion, no question. I, I'm not taking any questions right now. And he, she walks out. He had pneumonia. We already buried him. There's there will not, be no funeral. There'll be no funeral. And the kids are like, Are you kidding me? Then we see the the groundskeeper, he's still digging. It's nighttime now. And the camera pans to reveal he's digging four graves. Dun dun dun. Very chilling. Uh-oh. Something's wrong with Fred the Rat, says Carrie. Surprise, he's dead. It takes them way too long to figure out that that rat was dead. Yeah. Like, they're looking at I mean, they were concerned about, oh, like, in that moment. In that moment. Because, like, Carrie's like, something's wrong with Fred. And Christopher stares at it for, like, ten minutes. And he's like, maybe it's like grandfather. And then finally (laughs) picks it up by the tail and is like... Well, by my uh, prognosis, <laughs> that rat is dead. I mean, in my medical experience, <laughs> this rat is deceased. <laughs> then Christopher discovers a piece of a cookie in the cage. Mm. Cut to the next scene, he's poring over medical journals, which I guess the attic just had a bunch of medical journals yeah. in there. For some reason. Or like textbooks. Maybe like an encyclopedia. But they seemed very medical focused because he was also diagnosing Corey with them earlier. He has all these textbooks that are for doctors, I guess. And he makes a chilling discovery while he's reading these textbooks. He said, that rat died from arsenic poisoning from the sugar cookies. And he's like, I got to tell mom about this. She probably doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He says... He tells Kathy, we're going to leave and we're going to take some of grandma's jewelry on the way out. Mm. Later that night, he's sneaking around and he sees his mom and Bart Winslow kissing. And Chris is like, runs back to the attic and he starts screaming. He's like, damn you. He finally gets it. He finally gets it. Mm. And the thing that pushes him over the edge is he sees his mom kissing Bart Winslow. That's what pushes him over the edge. Right. That mom, that there's going to be, he's going to have a stepfather. And the mom's like not putting out. Right. Right. She's like, no, Bart. Bart. He's, He's like, come on, what's 12 hours, baby? Right. What's the She's like, no sex before marriage. You're not my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just, yeah, Christopher's just mad. He's going to have a stepdad tomorrow. So he tells Kathy, we're leaving tomorrow and we're going to leave during the party and we're leaving out the front door. Mm. And he lets. Kathy, no, mom's getting married to this guy tomorrow. And Kathy's like, I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> like, you fucking, don't have to convince me. Fucking idiot. The next morning, we see more sugar cookies being made. We see a hand sprinkling the arsenic-laced powdered sugar over these cookies. And then the camera moves up and we see it's the mom. Yeah. It's not even the grandma who's poisoning she's doing it the mom's doing all the mom's doing all the poisoning when grandma drops off the food christopher ambushes her and like hits her and pushes her down that's pretty funny it was really He literally hits her with like a staircase banister yeah it's the largest piece of wood that looks really heavy i was trying to figure out what that was it was just like a giant piece of wood i think you're right it was the stair part of a staircase banister Once they've subdued grandma, the kids all rush downstairs 
Chris at this point is dressed like a turn of the century pharmacist. <laughs> He's wearing like a white like shirt with like a black vest and He looks black like he's slacks. in Children of the Corn. Yeah. And Kathy's dress. Yeah. It's, it's like she's wearing it. She's I think at this point Kathy's wearing the nicest dress she's worn in the movie. I was going to say I actually liked it. This was the first good thing she's put on, but she still looked like shit. Well, because it was very old and antique, like ruffle, like lace. Yeah. It was like tiered. Yeah. It was pretty. It was but pretty. But it was very old. But also it just, it sucked that her hair looked like such shit. Yeah. And so <laughs> yes. did her weird makeup. Um, so they're walking down the stairs. Then we see mom in her wedding dress and she wants to start the wedding now, even if the grandmother isn't there, yeah. she doesn't care that grandma's late. No. Kathy notices a wedding invitation and she sees the date on it and she goes, oh, today's April 23rd. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't mean anything to us because we didn't know the date when you guys moved in there. Also, they find out the grandfather's dead. Okay. Then the kids discover the will, which for some reason is just laying out. It's like... It's just <laughs> laying out on the kitchen table. It's on the table next to the... Table when you enter a wedding and it has like the details. The guest. And then the will is just right there too for the guests to peruse, I this guess. It's like a very sensitive legal document. <laughs> yeah. It's just out and in the open. And they're able to read it so quickly that they find the most important detail. Right. <laughs> but it's, we know a will is like a lot of gobbledygook. And pages long. Yeah, pages long. But they're able to zero in on the exact information they need in that moment. This will is like one page long with like 18 point font size. And they're like, oh, it says here in the will that if at any point it's discovered that mom had any children with her first husband, the will is like she's cut out of the will. Even after he's dead. Even after he's dead. That sounds like the grandma wrote it. Yeah. Because she seems very vindictive. I wouldn't be surprised if the father even cared. I don't think the dad cared because it seemed like the dad was fucking his daughter or the grandpa was fucking the daughter. Oh, but maybe that's why he was mad. Because he wanted the daughter. The uncle took it. Took the her. Uncle, his brother. Yeah. His own brother took her. The wedding starts. Bart has the mullet. <laughs> he, he's Bart. Suddenly, as the preacher is like reading, you know, doing his little spiel, we see the kids start slowly walking down the aisle. This is like they knew... I give them credit for knowing how to make a dramatic entrance. I, this image of them is so iconic for me. Same. Like, just like, I just always think of them walking into that wedding. Me too. Yeah. It's this very formal wedding. Granted, there's not a ton of people there and it's in their own house. Like they didn't even get a wedding venue. Right. But it's very obviously snooty. And we just see these three emaciated children. This who- is where the makeup kind of works. <laughs> yeah, it really works here. And they're slowly walking down the aisle. They knew how to make an entrance, knew how to make an impact. I give them so much credit for that. They sneak up behind the bride and groom. And as they're like about to read their vows to each other, Kathy shouts, Mother! Mm. And the mom is like, who are you kids? I don't know who yeah. you are. The mom's playing dumb. And Christopher's like, whoa, you were right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, Christopher, this is the moment he finally gets it. He's yeah. like, wow, my mom isn't a good person. Yeah. She's, you know, Kathy's like, look at us, look yeah. at us. 
And Bart's like, whoa, what did I walk into? He's like, I'm just trying to get laid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Bart's like, who are you, children? And Kathy shouts. She gives like the whole speech. She's like, you left us in an attic. You starved us. Corey is dead. This is what you dream of when someone's like, speak now or forever hold your peace. That someone walks in with this kind of drama. This and is, you just are like, oh, this has got interesting. I got chills. <laughs> I have chills thinking about what I would do if I were in the audience at this wedding and yeah. something as dramatic happened as this. You perk up. It would be the best Because you probably wedding. like fallen asleep. You're like, I don't even know who Corinne is. Right. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, ooh. It just got interesting. <laughs> yeah, it just got very interesting. Bert is over it. Kathy produces a cookie and she says to her mom, eat the cookie. Eat the yeah. cookie. By and this Corinne, time, yeah. By this time, Bert is like in his car driving away because he's the lawyer. Bart. I keep calling him yeah. Bert. Bart. He's the l- lawyer, so he knows. Oh, I'm I'm not going through with this wedding because she's not getting that money. Right. I wrote that codicil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows what's what. He knows what's in that will. He's smart. He's a lot sharper than Christopher. I'll give him that. <laughs> so they start fighting. Kathy and Corinne, the mom, this is like pure Melrose Place fight because their fight immediately moves out onto the balcony. She's trying to shove the cookie in the mom's face, and that's how it moves out to the balcony. It's like, okay. This is the final scene that the director of Flowers in the Attic refused to direct, so they got a different director to direct this scene because he's like, I hate this ending. It's so fucking stupid. It's not what happens in the book. It's not. So they're brawling on the balcony and Kathy pushes pretty quickly. This is not like a tense, suspenseful fight. This is like a ridiculous, it's almost slapstick. The second you're like, is she going to fall over the balcony? She She does. does. (laughs) There's no suspense whatsoever. Kathy pushes her mom off the balcony. She falls into the trellis and crashes through it and hangs herself with her own wedding veil. Oh, the symbolism. (laughs) <laughs> the sim- <laughs> and we don't even really get a clear enough like picture of exactly the mechanics of how she hangs herself. It's just sort of implied because it's like she falls through this trellis and then we see her just dangling. Well, yeah, we don't see what catches. No. And then you just see her little white boots. Yeah, the white lace-up <laughs> Victorian yeah. boots that she's wearing. And you know it took forever to go around those little hooks. Yeah. <laughs> Kids walk out of the house, very disappointed that they don't appear to be carrying any suitcases. Like, you didn't think to stuff any jewels in those suitcases? Well, in the book, they leave with a lot of jewels and money. I know. Yeah. So it's like... They were stealing money the whole time they were there, weren't they, in the book? I believe so. Like, stashing it? Yeah, because they were planning to escape at some point. They're a bunch of dumbasses in this movie. No, they dumb them down in this movie. Like I don't, I don't even think Christopher was that dumb in the book. He was. Right. He was like, this movie really dumbed him down. Yeah, it didn't do his character any justice. I mean, he's the worst person in the book, <laughs> technically. That's true. That's true. He does do worse things in the book to Kathy specifically. But I will say, highly disappointed watching this as an adult, realizing that they didn't like take anything of any value with no. them. They're just going raw-dogging it into the world in their dowdy clothes. Get something. Something. You deserve it. Get a platter. Something. Like something. They, there's <laughs> Seriously. Like a silver. <laughs> and I'll be taking this. 
right. walk out. No one's going to stop you. I'll take this brass urn. Mm, yeah. Anything. And then book two, like, I remember when they find out the grandfather's dead because it's they've been there much longer. It's like a year. He had been a dead a year. Right. And they were still in the attic. It's absurd yeah. how long he'd been dead. Yeah. So we see the grandmother staring at them through the window upstairs as they're leaving. So like nothing happens to the grandma, the mom. Da- I mean, w- this is a movie I want to see like the epilogue of because it's like, well, what happens now? The cops show up. They're like, well, who killed this bride? No, How'd this happen? No, nothing happens. Everything is in-house yeah. at this mansion. Right. They bury people. No right. one even knows when someone dies. Can you imagine walking in on this scene as a detective? You see a woman in a wedding dress hanging from a trellis. You you go around the property. You see like three graves have been dug. One of them is filled. Yeah. But there's three more. You're like, well, who was that for? Yeah. And Bart's the grandma, there. And the grandma gives some excuse. And the cops are like, okay, well, sounds... Yeah, the cops don't do... Yeah, <laughs> the cops good. actually don't do Thank anything. You, Mrs. Foxworth. You're a very lovely, wealthy woman. This looked like a lovely wedding. I'm right. sorry this happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it would have went down. <laughs> okay, that's Flowers in the Attic. Uh, this was a fun one. Yeah. This was fun. It's a great movie. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to start watching the Lifetime version, which I've never seen. Yeah. But I'm it makes watch me want to read the book again. Honestly, I was thinking the same thing. I wonder if it's on audiobook. Oh, that might be a fun audiobook. You oh, know, I have trouble with audiobooks, but maybe this one would work for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we've both read it. Yeah. It's just been a really long time since I read it. Okay. That was great. We will see you all next week. Is that it? Yeah. Final thoughts? No final thoughts. Okay. A plus movie. A no plus. notes. <laughs> no, seriously, no notes. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.